0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: You can not only learn from your mistakes, you can celebrate them. They define who you are and serve as a learning tool to become your most beautiful self ever. Welcome to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, with your host, Jim Stacy. Jim is the author of 11 books and is here to help you experience the power of the divine deep within yourself. It's inside you. You just have to know where and how to look for it. Now, here is Jim Stacy.
2: And thank you to all of you who have joined me again today. I just want you to know that I appreciate every one of you. I wish I could meet you I wish I could sit down with you and talk. But anyway, I do appreciate so much those who have sent me stories of your own life experience, uh, those who have asked questions, those who have made comments and asked for more information. I, I appreciate that. So if you have those questions and thoughts, please go to one of three places, and you can find me and connect with me there. First is the website, www.thedivineiswithinus.com. And secondly, on Facebook, the same five words, the divine is within us. Or Gmail, thedivineiswithinus at gmail.com. Thank you again. And today, I want to share some thoughts with you. It's some of the most important thoughts and information and historical fact that I could ever come up with. If there was one show out of a hundred that I would do, this would be the one. If I'm choosing to help people step away from what we see as man-made religion and step into the power of the divine within you, as Yeshua taught. There is nothing more important. There is nothing more exciting. There is nothing more beautiful. There is nothing more healing. Than to step outside of religion, tell it goodbye, and then find out who you really are. Discover the beauty that you really are that you have not yet known about yourself. For you are far more beautiful than anything you have yet seen. I promise you, you're going to find it. So what's the show about today? The show is about the Bible, and I call it the Fabricated Fairy Tale. No, I didn't just get hit by lightning. It's the truth. It's made up. It's fabricated. And the religious groups that hold on to the Bible have been hanging on to it desperately forever and a day, it would seem, trying to make sure that they are conforming to some God, some angry male God up in the sky, a God that Jesus, Yeshua, never ever talked about, by the way. And so they're desperately trying to hang on standing on their book, and I say, wait a minute, why does any human being need a book, a physical book, external to themselves, and make that book the sole focus of all that you think you believe or know? Wait a minute, making an external more important than what's inside of you? Ah, but that's what religion does. It convinces people That there are things outside of themselves that they either need to obey, uh, shape up and follow, uh, be afraid of, or a whole list of other things. I'm saying to you today, my friends, there is no such external authority. No preacher has any spiritual authority. No church has any spiritual authority. They have authority in dogma, (laughs) self-made, made-up, fabricated dogma. They have authority when it comes to their own group, but they do have no authority whatsoever when it comes to knowing the divine within you. You are that authority. You're the one that gets to choose. You are the one that gets to walk your path in your life, to live your adventure, your reason for being here on the planet. My friends, there's nothing more important than knowing that. And... It doesn't have to be some earth-shaking quest or happening that uh, everybody in the whole world knows who we are. No, not at all. We just have to learn to be the beautiful self that we chose to come here to the planet to be. And learn how to let that light shine. Learn how to be in the fullest of the divine within. So I get carried away, as you can uh, figure out. So, Let's go back to my notes for today. So what is this thing called the Bible? And I don't capitalize it ever because it doesn't deserve to be. It's a B-I-B-L-E. And I remember singing songs as a kid in Sunday school about that. And it was drilled into my head that the B-I-B-L-E was something from some god up in the sky. So where did it come from? Who made it? Who put only certain writings in it? and then left out what was available to them. There were piles and piles of texts and books and gospels that were available. Things that had been written by many people from many different perspectives. So along comes the church in the early fourth century and they decided that no, we're gonna choose what's in this book. Did some god up in the sky pick out these things and put it in a book and label it and stamp it with gold letters? No, not quite. Men did it. Men of the church that needed desperately to control everyone. So they put all these books together and put the book on the table and said, this is a book of good news. Oh, really? Why not a book of helpful information? Why not a book on how to live well? Why not a book on how to succeed in life? Why not all this? No, it couldn't be that good because the Bible coming from this fabricated God up in the sky that's angry and can't wait to punish people forever in a day. No, men made it up. Men made it up. There are two different creation stories and let's first of all, as we look at the Old Testament, two different creation stories that one says the sun was created after the plants, and I say, wait a minute, how could that happen? How could there be any plants living before there was a sun? Another one says it in a different order, and so from the very beginning, the Bible is full of contradictions. I have a book that I'll be sharing some from uh, today, and it's uh, called "The The Contradictions: The Self-Made Contradictions in in the Bible." There's a hundred and forty-four of them now. Don't get too excited. We're not going to have time to cover all 144. But I'm going to cover a few of them today. And then later, if you would like to get a hold of that book, I'll tell you how. Anyway, back to the Garden of Eden. Oh, my goodness. Why did this book from God, so-called, why did it start with a book that talks about some perfect innocent garden, the Garden of Eden? Then why did it go on to say that man was made out of dirt? Oh, my goodness. I could think of a lot more things that I would make men and women out of besides dirt. Why were we not made of light? That would make so much more sense. Why was a woman made from a man's rib? Yeah, right. Ha ha. It was because men wrote it. Men who couldn't begin anything from their so-called God without striking a very strong note of misogyny at the very, very beginning. No, women are equal to men. They were not made from some rib, not at all. Men, let's wake up. Let's become as strong as the women we fear. You've heard me say that before, and I'll say it many times. So why Adam and why Eve? Why just the two of them? Hmm, why didn't the so-called God make a whole family? Or why didn't he make a whole bunch of people? Uh, Just one family, and then the whole world's going to be populated? Hmm, from incest? Gee, that's interesting. So, anyway, we find Adam and Eve in the garden, and they're naked. Well, of course, there's no fabric industries back then, no clothing to be made, and, and really none was needed. So, okay, but they were naked. There's no information in that first part of the Bible as to how to live. Just warnings about what not to do or what not to be. And then comes along, oh, no, 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 don't touch. Don't you dare touch that or else. Boy, what amazing loving God. Hmm. And then I say, what kind of a God would tempt people just to be able to punish them? What kind of a God would set them up? so that he could enjoy seeing them tormented and afraid. What kind of God would torment people, and why? Why that kind of God? Why not a loving, caring, beautiful God that set up a relationship with the human? What kind of a God would cast them out of the garden instead of sitting down with them and explaining things to them? What kind of religious people, the Hebrews, would blame the woman. Oh, yeah, it was Eve's fault. We see that all the way into the New Testament where Paul says, oh, everybody's sinful because Adam sinned, and and we can't trust women because Eve was deceived first, and on and on the story goes about men who are more easily deceived than the women, and yet they blame it on the women. Men, it's time to wake up. What kind of religious people would create a nasty God what kind of a man, Adam, would not take responsibility for his own choices? Why would he say, oh, but, but God, uh, the, the, the the woman, the woman, you, she did it. Ha <laughs> ha, sure, man, take responsibility. The weakest men of all on this planet are those who need to blame someone else. What kind of a God would use a talking snake? Oh, my gosh. I've often wondered about that. And of course, the serpent there is not a real snake, and it's not the whole garden scene is, is not a real story. It's a myth. It's a story told to reveal truth, not a literal story. And that's what so many people miss. But there was no apple. And you know what? Here's the biggest thing of all. In that story, in Genesis chapter 1, or Proverbs, or wherever else the creation's talked about, There is no mention of sin anywhere in that story. I want to say that again. In the creation story and Adam and Eve eating of the fruit, there is no mention of sin anywhere in that story. Have you ever asked yourself why that might be? Well, the real story is about choice. The real story is about truth being revealed. And Jesus did it too. Yeshua said many times, he's told a story like the Good Samaritan or some other story to reveal truth. No, it's not a story that really happened, but a story that tells and reveals and shapes a picture so people can understand the truth. So my question again is, what kind of God would only create two people? What kind of God would refuse to just walk with them and talk with them and teach them how to understand what this new thing that they were experiencing was all about. Why would then one son kill another son? Hmm. Boy, murder happened so quickly in the Old Testament. And then that left just one more person that couldn't procreate and fill the whole world, as it talks about later. So, then hundreds of years later, there were rules. All of a sudden, God, we got angry again and again and again. This time God gets angry, calls Moses up to a mountain, writes some things in stone, I'm sure, and then says, here's 10 things that you dare not do. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, over and over and over again. That kind of God doesn't interest me at all. It's time for a break right now. I'll be right back with you.
0: is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network.
1: Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian: Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change.
1: You are listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, if you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to the divine is within us at gmail.com. Again, that's the divine is within us at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So rules,
2: rules, rules. Oh my goodness. Who is it around you or who is it in your life that is notorious for liking lists of rules? Have you ever asked yourself that question? Who do you know? We all know somebody, sometimes it's ourselves. But the problem so often is, the person who really loves rules is not the person that looks at their own self. They look at a list of rules and then point out how somebody else is not keeping that list. And today, if we've ever seen it before, we see it now, where all across the country, especially certain right-wing preachers and others who are trying to get into some kind of political office, they, as Christians who claim to be following Jesus, simply are not following him at all. They have their lists, and they're always pointing out what someone else is doing wrong. How many of these preachers look at our LGBT community, our our, our gay and lesbian friends, our transgendered friends, and criticize and condemn? And they take some of Paul's lists of you know, of any kind of behavior that's possible, but they focus on uh, their own homophobia. Instead of focusing on the liars that Paul talks about, you know, the deceivers, and so many other things that he says, I'm waiting for the day that so many Christians will stand up and take a stand against lying. Oh my goodness, they might have to stand up against themselves, the very first thing. We all need to check that out. What kind of list would we make, and what on that list are we ourselves guilty of? You say Ten Commandments? Yep, Ten Commandments. We're all very familiar with that. Don't you dare, or else. These kinds of rules. But only ten? No, actually there's not. If you look carefully, the so-called God of the Old Testament wasn't satisfied with just ten rules. There were 603 of them all throughout the Old Testament. 600 plus rules and laws and don't you dare kind of things from that fabricated male, angry male God up in the sky. I'm sorry, I just don't buy it. Why not a positive list? Why not a list of, instead of don't you dare or thou shalt not, why not a list of, if you will, I will. If I do this, let's do this Together. If I share this with you, let's understand together how to be a living human being created in my image. Oh, that nasty old angry God. Sorry, I just don't believe it. It takes a religion to believe in that kind of God. But then later in the Old Testament, the whole Hebrew picture is about almost nothing else but sin, offerings. Blood sacrifice, more sin, more problems, the genocide of other races. Where did these other races come from? Hmm, I thought Adam and Eve were the only people on the planet and then their children. Well, you'll have to answer that one. And then human sacrifice too. Yes, that angry male God was open to the idea of human sacrifice. Even Abraham and his own son, And then he somehow was miraculously stopped at the last second, which I never bought that one as a kid. I just didn't buy it at all. But there's all other kinds of things that were made up, more and more wickedness and more and more bad people. And then a flood that killed the whole earth except another man and his family. And gee, some big boat that even included two penguins that walked all the way from Antarctica to get on the boat. I don't think so. So, God destroys and God kills and God violates his own standard. And then, oh, by the way, there's this other statement that comes from that same God in Psalms, chapter 137, verse 9. And, oh, by the way, it says, go ahead and kill all those bad people and smash their babies against the stones. Yes, it's there. You look it up. And then after that, after killing all the men, the women, the children, and the babies, and it says in Numbers chapter 31, verses 17 and 18, when you see some virgins, or these young virgins, don't kill them. No, instead, kidnap them. Take them home for your own pleasure. Wow. Suddenly, kidnapping and rape are acceptable to the same angry God that before said, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Right there is the biggest contradiction of the whole Bible, in my opinion. Don't take it. I don't accept it. I can't and I won't. Nobody can say, you, thou shalt not, and then, oh, go ahead and do this if it serves your own pleasures. So sorry, Charlie Brown, but you're going to have to come up with a better one than that. Then there's rules and contradictions all throughout the Bible. King David. wow one of the most honorable men, ha-ha, of the whole Old Testament? No. He saw a woman bathing on the rooftop one night. Her name was Bathsheba, and he sent for her, made her, forced her to come to him. When he laid with her, was totally out of line. She was married, and yet he said, I'm the king, so I can do it anyway. And then later, he had her husband killed in the front lines of battle just so he could have his, his widow. That does not say to me that King David was a really good man. Sorry, he wasn't. Then we have Solomon, a man who had thousands of wives and whores, concubines, but never were the women allowed to have more than one husband. It's all set up for men, men that like to control And if I can't ever say anything more important than that, please understand that religion is always about men who want and need to control the lives of other people. So, the Old Testament, full of rape and murder and lies and sex and punishment and shame and more. But take out all these and there isn't much left to read. What God did that? No, there wasn't any God that did it. It was men. Men did it, the Hebrew men of old, the Christian men of later eras, men who were filled with fear and filled with a need to control. But you might say, well, what about the New Testament? Surely that's better. Well, it's supposed to be, but not quite. There are only four Gospels in your New Testament. All the rest of them were left out. They left out the Gospel of Mary Magdalene. They left out the Gospel of Peter. They left out the Gospel of Thomas. Why did they leave those out? I've mentioned this before, and I'll say it briefly this time, but there were many Gospels written, but only those that the men of the church, the bishops of Rome in 325 AD, or the Common Era, only the texts that those men liked were able to make it into the book labeled later as God's Word. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, it just doesn't fit. What'd they do with all the other Gospels? They burned them. They burned them all. Then there were 23 other texts that were acceptable to them, and they put it in your or the the New Testament of the church. And yet, these were all selected by the same men because of the dogma that they loved. Anything that disagreed with their dogma, they threw it out and many of those books in the new testament are frauds it's a proven fact there's many books attributed to paul that he did not write and we have proof of that now if you want that proof let me know but even in romans chapter 3 verse 7 this paul this great hero of the church says so what is what what's the problem if i lie and by lying i promote the kingdom of heaven yes it's there so paul Was he lying when he said that? Was he lying when he said the next verse? When was Paul lying and when was he telling the truth? Well, the truth is we just don't know for sure. Paul made up a lot of stuff. Paul is not more important than Yeshua. And yet so many places in the church today, Paul is far more important. Far more important than Yeshua himself. So if you want the full story of that, Check out my book, Jesus Was Not a Christian. You'll find the full story, or at least close to it, there. And there's always more to add, of course. Then, at the final part of the New Testament is the book of Revelation, a futuristic look at chaos and fear and just more nonsense. But it suits the church fantasies about their being taken out of here someday. But that is not going to happen. There's no way that Yeshua would come back to snatch out of this world thousands and thousands or millions of people that are not practicing what he taught. He said, Luke 6, 46, do not call me Lord unless you're practicing everything that I've taught you. So the church doesn't give a hoot. Most of the church doesn't care about what Jesus said. It's what Paul said, or it's the dogma of the church and it's fear and blame and shame. So, I say, let's get smart about that. What did the the Bible really contain and why? Why did they burn everything else? Why did it happen? Because they didn't want us to know. Didn't want us to know what they had seen and threw away. But as I told you before, in 1945, they found in the Nag Hammadi region of Egypt, what's now called the, the Nag Hammadi Library, scrolls of the earliest followers of Yeshua. I have that book, I've studied it and read it. You can find it too in your local bookstore. The NAG HAMMADI library, the Nag Hammadi library. Now we know what the church burned and we know when we read it, we understand why they burned it. So my challenge to you is to find that. But after all that, then so many people in the religion just started cherry picking. Oh, well, we like this verse. Well, we don't like that one, so we'll just push it away. We like oh, we like this one and, and we like this one and this one. But we like this whole book, except this one verse here too that talks about hypocrisy. So we'll just talk about the other part. We'll talk about other people's guilt, not our own. And on and on it goes. They select the parts they love. <clears throat> they throw out the parts that they don't want to practice. Even today. The people in Kentucky are saying, we will not issue marriage licenses to gay people. Even though just yesterday they were ordered by the Supreme Court that they must do it, they cannot stand on their own and refuse to obey the law. So, we have people who said, I will not do it. One guy said, I would rather die than to do it. Well, we're going to see pretty quickly, I think, what he really chooses to do. So my question, my challenge to everyone that loves their Bible, okay, find the good parts and, and follow those, but don't deny the other parts. Either read the whole thing and walk with the whole thing or throw it away. There's too many contradictions, which we're going to be talking about in the next segment of the show, and I'm going to reveal them exactly where they are and what we can do about them. It's now time for another break, so I'll be right back with you.
0: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
1: Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus Was Not a Christian, available right now on Amazon.com. Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today.
0: Be Visionary This is the Voice America Seventh Wave Channel.
1: You are listening to Beyond Religion Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com. Again, that's The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy.
2: So let's start looking at a list of. I'm going to select a few out of that book I was telling you about that has 144 contradictions in uh, found in the Bible. So if you want to know about the more about this uh, text later, just send me an email and I'll be glad to let you know. So out of all these, I picked a few and I'll cover as many as I can. But the first one. The contradiction where the Bible says one thing and then later just the opposite. It says in Second Chronicles chapter 7 that the divine or God, this angry God, dwells in chosen temples. And yet in Acts chapter 7 in the New Testament, it says, though No, the Most High or God does not dwell in temples made with hands. Well, which is it, folks? You get to choose. Another one. God is seen and not heard. I mean, sorry, God is both seen and heard. And in Ezekiel and Exodus and Genesis and various places, uh, it talks all in different kinds of ways of people that supposedly saw God or whatever spoke to this God or or heard from that God. And yet, in the New Testament and one in the Old Testament as well, it says that God is invisible, cannot be seen, or cannot be heard. No man has seen God at any time, John chapter one. No one has heard his voice or seen his shape at any time, John chapter five. And then the divine is supposed to have said, you can't see my face, for there's no man can see me and live, in Exodus chapter 33. So again, I say, well, which is it, folks? Can you see and hear this God or not? You see, Yeshua said, we can, but it's not a physical image up in the sky the divine is within. So, more about that later. The next one, God is everywhere present, sees and knows all things. Wow, how convenient. I was scared so many times as a child, God's watching you, God see. Oh, really? Well, you know, it says in Proverbs the eyes of of God are in every place. And there's no place I can go to hide from you because you're dwelling everywhere. Then it says later that no this God is not everywhere. It neither sees nor knows all things. And there's several references from Genesis 11, Genesis 18, and Genesis chapter three, where it simply is not the truth. So you get to choose. Another one says God is unchangeable. There's no variableness, neither a shadow that's caused by turning. Uh, I change not. This God is supposed to have said, Or he's supposed to have said, I'm the Lord, I've spoken it, it'll come to pass, and I will do it, and I will not change my mind. Well, then later it says, oh, by the way, this God really is changeable, because in Genesis 6, God changed his mind and decided to kill people instead of let them live. Hmm, nice God. In Jonah chapter 3, God repented of the evil that he said he would do to them, and then he didn't do it, but later he did. So, on and on it goes about this God that keeps changing his mind. Whatever suits him for that day, or with those people, he would do it even if it meant to kill them. Wow, what a loving God that must have been. Another one, God is just and impartial. And there are several references throughout the Old Testament. Psalm 92, Genesis 18, uh, several more, Romans chapter 2, and yet other places it says God is not just and God is partial. (laughs) So he changed his mind again. Genesis 9, Exodus chapter 20, and then Romans chapter 9, according to Paul, uh, that that God did change his mind. And hmm, he's partial and at times unjust. Another contradiction, the one side of the coin says God gives freely to all who ask. And you find that in James chapter 1 and in Luke chapter 11. But another part of that says God withholds and does not give freely. He prevents men from receiving his good things. And that you'll find in John 12, Joshua 11, and Isaiah chapter 63. Another one, God is to be found by those who seek him. Yet the other side of that coin, it says in Proverbs 1, no, God is not to be found by those who seek him. They will seek me and not be able to find me. Wow, what a game-playing deity that must have been. Of course, not being real, it could be changed each minute of each day, of every hour, by men who just wanted to see what they wanted to see. And they did it for centuries and centuries and centuries. Oh, if we like it, must be God. If we don't like it, it's God saying that too. Blah, 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 blah. On and on and on it goes. One place it says God is warlike. Another place it says, no, God is peaceful. One place it says God is cruel, unmerciful, destructive, and ferocious. Another place it says God is kind and merciful and good. Well, which is it, and how do you know? Which God are you going to wake up to tomorrow or in the next hour, and why? Why that one? Why do we have to live in fear? Why do we have to always question whether or not we're pleasing some angry male God up in the sky? My friends, we don't have to live that way at all. What Yeshua taught is that as we find and discover and experience The divine within us, we no longer have to play the games of an external God. That external God does not exist. Not the one that we find in the Bible, at least. Another one, God commands, approves, and delights in burnt offerings, sacrifices, and holy days. But another place it says, no, 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 God disapproves of that. He has no pleasure in burnt offerings whatsoever. In sacrifices and holy days. Well, I pray, God, would you please make up your mind? What is it? Today, holy day, tomorrow not? Would you please let me know? I do not choose to live in fear of what you might change your mind to be later today or tomorrow. I'm sorry, I just can't live and I won't live in that kind of energy. So, and Yeshua taught just the opposite when he taught about the kingdom of heaven within. We do not need to live in fear in any way, shape, or form. No fear. No torment. We do not have to live in the wondering of what's going to come at me next. We get to live in choice. We get to live in the power of being real. We get to live in the energies of I'm me. I'm here to find out why I'm here. I'm here to live out my purpose I'm here to dance and with delight, and I'm here to know the divine within me. I'm here, not as a victim. I am here as part of the divine, the loving, real one that is not discussed, very often at least, among the religions of the world who prefer the other kind. One place it says, God accepts human sacrifice. Another place it says he forbids the human sacrifice. One place it says God tempts men. (laughs) Another place it says, no, 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 God doesn't tempt anybody. Well, which is the truth? Hmm. One place it says God cannot lie. Another place, oh, but God lies by proxy, as the book says here. He sends forth lying spirits to deceive people. Hmm. What kind of a God would do that? What kind of God would want people to be deceived so he could punish them again? Sorry, I just don't accept that either. One place says lying is approved and sanctioned. But in other places, no, 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 lying is forbidden. Don't do that. Paul said it was okay to lie as I mentioned earlier. So what if I lie? And if by lying, I promote God's kingdom. Well, I say, you know what, Paul? I don't know what God you're talking about, but it's not the one that Yeshua talked about. Any God that's king whose kingdom could be furthered by lying is not a God that I want anything to do with. So, Paul, I chose years ago to tear out your books out of the, my New Testament. I don't believe you, and I never will. I will not believe Paul. I'll take what Yeshua said. And I will practice that. It's not easy, but it's vastly rewarding. Well, other places. There are places where killing is commanded, and other places where killing is forbidden. Places where anger is approved, another place where anger is no, 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 you can't do that. One place it says good works <clears throat> need to be seen of men, another, <clears throat> excuse me. Another place it says, good works are not to be seen by men. Hmm. Would somebody please make up their mind? One place it says, the wearing of long hair by men is okay. Another place it says, no, 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 can't do that. That's sinful. Men don't look like a woman. Hmm, okay. One place it says, marriage is approved. Another one, marriage is disapproved. One, adultery is forbidden. Another one, I mentioned this earlier, <laughs> adultery is allowed. Well, my, I just wonder how many of those people who were, were killed because they committed adultery were jealous of those who committed adultery and were blessed for it. Hmm, like the King David, etc. One place it says intoxicating beverages are recommended. Another place, no, no, no can't do that. And yet we have in the New Testament story of Yeshua where he turned water into wine at the wedding feast. And it was very good wine. We know that from the text itself, where the people were saying it was was tradition that day, you serve the, the best wine first, and then you save the other wine till later when people really aren't as aware of what they're drinking. But they ran out of wine. And then Yeshua turned the water into wine. And they said to him, how come you've done this different? How come you saved the best till last? That's not tradition around here. He must have made some pretty darn good stuff. <laughs> well, anyway, there are so many stories in the Bible. How many women showed up at the, the tomb? Was it two or three? We, we've been told both. How many angels were seen? Two or one? We've been told that both are true. And on and on it goes. Abraham had two sons. Another place it says, no, Abraham had only one son. One place it says, children are punished for the sins of their parents. Well, that sounds fair. Gee, no thank you. Another place it says, no, they're not uh, punished for the sins of their parents. One place it says, man is justified by faith alone. Another place it says, no, no, works are important too. But we just don't know when and how. Somebody should have told us that, it would seem to me. What is the truth? One place it says, no man's without sin. Another one says, oh, there are some people, if you got your religion right, you can be looked upon as being sinless. Oh, really? No, it's more self-righteousness. The classic opiate of Christianity is that forgiveness washes away all sin. Just do what you want to do. Then ask for forgiveness, and it's all gone. Do it again, ask for forgiveness, and it's all gone. Well, that's been the pattern of Christianity forever and a day. And I say, Christians, it's time to wake up. It's time to understand. You either practice what Yeshua taught or don't pretend any longer. Time for another break. I'll be right back with you.
0: The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network.
1: Jim Stacy is the author of 11 books, including his first title, Jesus Was Not a Christian, Healing the Shame and Fear from Man-Made Theology. That book is available on Amazon. The other 10 books, which are titled A Healing Spiritual Journey, are available as downloads on thedivineiswithinus.com. When you visit that site, you may also download his CDs and articles. And you can also find out more about where Jim will be speaking, spiritual retreats, and vision quests. Visit www.thedivineiswithinus.com today. Jim Stacy's first book, Jesus Was Not a Christian, is available on Amazon.com. Discover what the church has been hiding for over 1,700 years. Find out why people carry the wounds of guilt and shame instead of the power of loving and being loved. Discover that you are part of the divine. Learn about the kingdom of heaven within you and find out why history has been twisted by those who slaughtered tens of thousands of innocent people. See why the real Jesus never said the words hell or sin. Jesus was not a Christian. Available right now on Amazon.com. The Voice
0: America Seventh Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness.
1: Listening to Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting. If you have a question or comment about our program, please send an email to The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com. Again, that's The Divine is Within Us at Gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Here again is Jim Stacy. So I've covered about twenty or
2: thirty, maybe, of the contradictions that uh, are in this book couple more that I just want to mention before we conclude the show, and that is one place it says there's supposed to be a resurrection of the dead. Other places it says no, there will be no resurrection of the dead. And yet, the people of the Christian religion, all their faith, all their hope, is resting upon one thing and one thing only. That either they're going to be rescued out of this mess, and they're going to have new resurrection bodies forever and ever, or it's all a farce. That's what they're hoping for, planning for. And I say, wait a minute, wake up. It's not what Yeshua taught. It's what the church put into his mouth. He is not coming back for those who are not practicing what he taught. One place it says the earth is going to be destroyed. Another place it says, no, the earth is never going to be destroyed. So I say again, okay, which is it? Which God do you want to believe in? Well, we're doing a pretty good job of destroying the planet today. I get very concerned about that at times. The climate change, the global warming, the oceans are rising. And I wonder, hmm, it's not going to probably happen too badly in my lifetime. But I've got grandkids, and they might have kids too. What about them? Anyway, another contradiction poverty is a blessing. Another one says, no, poverty is a curse. Neither, poverty nor riches is a blessing. Well, based upon all the greed we see today, I think there's a lot of people think it's a blessing only. They do not see the curse in having too much, and they do not see the trap into which greed will lead them. One place it says, a fool should be answered according to his folly. Another one says, no, 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 don't do that. (laughs) I said, okay, which is it? It's found in the very same chapter in Proverbs 26. One place it says, temptation is to be desired. You should be very happy and delighted when you fall into temptation. Another place it says, oh, no, no, no. With all of our might, oh, God, help us to be able to keep out of temptation. We don't want to be led there. Well, the truth is there's no God that leads us into temptation Not the real one, at least. Maybe the Old Testament God would lead us into temptation, just to enjoy punishing us. But Yeshua said, no, it's not the truth. One place it says, prophecy is for sure. Another one it says, nope, sorry, Uh, it, it could be wrong, so don't really pay attention to it. So, probably the biggest one of all. One place it says that the scriptures, the Bible, is inspired. Well, it says that in the Bible. Now, I could write a book and say, this book is inspired by God. Does that make it inspired? No. Self-contained evidence never works. So what it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's just another piece of dogma so that people will cow down and live in fear of it. Other places says, no, there's some scriptures that are not because men wrote that on their own. My question, even as a kid, was, how do I figure all this out? How do I make sense of all of these contradictions? I saw some of them as a kid, but I didn't dare mention it, not unless I wanted to feel some rather horrific physical pain. No, but I saw through them, and I wondered, what is the truth? What? Could it possibly be? So if you want to know about the book on the self-contradictions of the Bible, send me an email, and I'll be glad to let you know. The Bible is, my friends, man-made. The Bible is a tool of religious bigots. It's an evil tool of fear-filled men that only seek control over others. But secretly, they do what they want to do and just ask for forgiveness Just this last week, how many preachers, including Josh Duggar himself, were found to be on a list of, hmm, a prostitution site where they had been, obviously, more than once? Hmm, I say, wow. So how many preachers have lost their job this last week because they were found to be on that site? I say either there's no such thing as sin or there's no such thing as God's Word or both. The divine is to be found within us. Yeshua said that. No book is required, no religion is required, no rules are required, no shame, no blame, no guilt. There is no one making rules for you. I made another version of the so-called Lord's Prayer. I call it the Victim's Prayer. And I want to conclude with this today It's not the Our Father Who Art in Heaven, but it says this, O domineering male deity, somewhere up in the sky, your name is holy, but I'm really bad. May your reign of superiority control me forever, both now and in the realms to come. I'm totally dependent upon you, even for bread, the loaves that keep me begging under your control. I'd like some meat for a sandwich too, please if you ever consider me worthy, or maybe a piece of cake, uh, well, oh well, forget that. I'm so ashamed of not being perfect. Please, God, somehow forgive my wretchedness as I try so hard to put more blame on those who have been wretched to me. And please, oh God, no carrot in front of my face, no carrot of temptation, for I will surely anger you again. Only you can take me away from evil. So why don't you do that? Hmm. Yours alone is the power to keep me in this victim energy. As I praise you for my powerless state of fear, so be it forever and ever. Amen. Oh, how different that is from the real Lord's Prayer of Yeshua. O oh, birthing one, mother and father of all life everywhere, focus the light of your divinity within us and help us to make use of it. Grant us each day what we need when both bread and insight. May your kingdom come, truly come into our hearts. (laughs) Loosen the cords of mistakes that are wrapped around us in the same way that we loosen the cords of mistakes that we have wrapped around other people. Let not surface things deceive us, but free us from everything that holds us back. May all of this energy and these actions be the ground from which all of our actions flow. And may we find ourselves in deep connection with you, the divine, the creator, the life of all. Amen. My friends, divine connection is within, not from some external tool of men. This is the greatest quest of all humanity – to find what is already Within, And as my show title is Beyond Religion, Your Life is Awaiting, the question might be in your mind, okay, so what is it, Beyond Religion and Finding My Awaiting Life? Well, we're going to do a show in just a few weeks, and that's coming up on September 22nd, I believe. I'm doing a show with a New Thought minister from North Carolina, and we're going to be talking about, okay, what are the choices after one steps out of religion? and steps into choosing for themselves. We've got a whole show talked about the choices that are available to you because you get to choose. No one ever chooses for you. I love presenting all kinds of options and then I'll cheer you on as you choose for yourself. And the guest that day is Michelle Savako, a New Thought Minister, and she does the very same. We cheer you on. My friends, it's time for end this show for today,
1: but I will see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the program today. Please join Jim Stacy for another edition of Beyond Religion, Your Life is Waiting, next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. This week, let the divine work for you and with you. You're bound to experience a new life.